0: Learning scripture, knowing Christ. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hashtag One Fear podcast. And we're back in the upper room, me and Benj. Benj and I. Which way would that be? <laughs> I don't us. think. It's we, us. We. We the two in the upper room are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talk about pronouns now. So yeah. No, no, no. We're, no, no, we're not going days. to that.
0: No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Um I just like to have that proper like English terminology structure. Sure. <laughs> well, Dom and I will debate pronouns at some other <laughs> that's that's Although another episode for angry. another for another podcast. <laughs> uh but yeah, we're we're in the upper room, upper room and we're going to talk about some uh first Samuel chapters 4 through 6 because Bench thinks it's funny.
1: I think there's, it, there's some so many funny things in this passage.
0: I also read through it and I'm thinking there's a lot of tragic <laughs> things yes, that happen yes. in it as well. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think there's a whole, uh, you could go through so many things in the Hebrew Bible that are, there's like comedy and tragedy yeah. interwoven yeah. together. Um, sometimes that's part of the I'm, point.
0: I'm actually surprised at this point that Hollywood has not caught on
1: well, I don't know. I think they try. Sometimes they try and do. Some of it just doesn't come across when you try to drop. Try to dramatize it. Yeah. Like it's only funny if you're reading it and you're like, <laughs> you know. And then I think other times they try. They either they either butcher it, or they um, they
0: try to put too much of their own beliefs in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like or, what was uh, uh, what was
0: I think it was Noah.
1: Yeah. With yeah. uh. Uh, oh, what's Ru- his Russell name? Crow. Russell Crowe. Yeah. yeah. Darren Aronofsky was the,
0: yeah. the director. Yeah. yeah. Which it, that had so much potential because it was like yeah. visually amazing. It was. And then uh, there was just a couple additional things that were like, oh, <laughs>
1: well, it was interesting because they made they made Noah into this, uh, you know, anxious environmental apocalypticist. Basically, that yeah. humans, humans are going to destroy the world. So we have to destroy humans before we you know in order you know, yeah although it kind of concludes on the right note which is that humanity is worth saving but yeah. only you know biblically we know that because <laughs> because god made that choice not because of yeah um humans decided we we're worth saving but no, i think that they try like there was this show i remember there was a show on um saul and the rise of david uh I find this interesting because this is an area I write in. But the the there was a show set in modern times that NBC did that didn't last very long, but it was sort of supposed to parallel Saul and the rise of David. Uh, it was called Kings. This was you know maybe fifteen years ago, and then there was a show that N- ABC did a few years ago that was uh, it was filmed in South Africa. So I was I thought that was really cool. Hmm. But they tried to, there was like too much, too much like sex and violence for a traditional audience and not enough to make it like Game of Thrones. So it just didn't succeed like, <laughs> um, you know, uh, commercially. So it's, yeah. I, I find that a little bit, uh, I, I go back and forth because I don't think we should be, you know, it, it's a good ethical question is whether we should be portraying sex and violence that is written in the Bible in visual form, is that a fruitful, is that a, is that a good thing to do? I I tend to think it's, it's not, you know, or it's a healthy thing to do because it's a difference between reading about it and, and seeing it. Yeah. But I also don't like when it's sanitized. I also don't like when traditional audiences, you know, maybe this is just my personal ax to grind as a, as an Old Testament (laughs) scholar, but it's like, as Christians, why are we embarrassed about what's in our, What's in our Bible? Yeah, and wh- why do we want to just make? Because everything... we don't know
0: how to answer. Yeah, hard questions. That's yeah. probably why.
1: And that's probably but... why I like talking with you, and why, <laughs> why I like the podcast. <laughs> and hopefully, people listen because we don't. Yeah. We don't want to make it say something it doesn't say. We also want to to make God's word, you know, a- applicable and se- sense. You know, make it help it make sense for us, even yeah. though those really difficult. uh, Difficult passages, and and that's one of them that we're looking at today. I think there's some good lessons in it for us.
0: Yeah, First uh, Samuel chapters four through six, and we're not going to read the whole thing because that'd be a yeah. lot. We're gonna we're Maybe gonna you stop, pause, yeah. and
1: read them yourself if you want to. Yeah, if you're not familiar with it,
0: you should pause it now and do so. Unless you're driving, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or you yeah. can put on your audiobook or yeah, audio yeah, listen to it. Yeah, uh, so. Um, without any further ado, here we go. All right. So First Samuel 4, where, what verses do you want to start with?
1: Yeah, well, let's give it some, a little bit of context here and then, um, just kind of read selectively. Um, through some of these. So we've already seen the, the book starts out with Samuel being Samuel's birth, and then Eli, the priest, his, his sons are condemned because they're corrupt, and that's a, an important element of this story in chapter 4, is that the sons, the, the word of God that was spoken first from a man of God to Eli in chapter 2, and then through Samuel in chapter 3, um, little boy Samuel in chapter three. Comes, <laughs> <Little> boy <laughs> comes to comes to pass in that the sons of of uh, Eli are killed in this battle. But um, the Israelites are harassed by the the Philistines, and um, the Israelites are initially defeated and they lose um, they lose to the Philistines. And so they're wondering why, you know, why uh, did this happen? So we'll pick it up in verse uh, verse three. Um, I've got a variety of translations here. Hopefully people can follow along whatever they're (laughs) reading, but okay. It says, uh, first Samuel four, three, when the people came into the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord, why has Yahweh defeated us today before the Philistines? Let's take the Ark of the covenant of Yahweh from Shiloh so that he may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. And so they uh, went and retrieved the ark from Shiloh, and Hophni and Phineas, the priests, come with it. And um, so it's interesting their their logic, which of course will be um, shown to be incorrect, is that they are um, they think that the ark is what makes God's um, God's presence. And that they can sort of manipulate him by bringing the Ark. And, it, you know, and to be fair to them, it's worked for them before in that when they went into battle or when they crossed the Jordan River, they have memories from ages past of when God acted when his people rallied around the Ark and the Ark symbolized his presence. Um, but we, one of the messages of this story is that his presence with them is, is more complex and it's dependent how he acts among them is going to be dependent on how faithful they are. Yeah,
0: and him. and their maybe presuppositional assumptions uh, or whatever you want to call them on how God would respond was nowhere close to what happens. Exactly. Like you, it's kind of like when you read and you look at it uh, at face value, it's like, oh, you didn't see that coming. Yeah. Nobody yeah. saw this coming. Like. Well, God, you, you don't expect God to do something like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you think ahead in Israel's story, you have, you know, to centuries in the future, you have this doctrine that's, you know, it's present in the prophets and in the Psalms about the inviolability of, of the Jerusalem temple and how Yahweh's presence is there. And then what happens when, he allows his temple to be overrun by the Babylonians and the Ark taken to Babylon and the temple destroyed. So does that mean that Yahweh is not a real God or not, not the true God, or does it mean that he's doing something different and he's not going to be pinned down the way they want to be pinned down? So, so this is a common theme, but you're right that the, we did not see this coming (laughs) is a, is a theme there. So, so then how do the Philistines react? Uh, verse, um, Verse 6. Yeah, I was going to say 6. When the Philistines heard the the noise of the shout, they said, what does the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the Ark of Yahweh had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God, or the gods, has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. (laughs) Woe to us, who will save us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, Philistines, or you will become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been slaves to you. So be men and fight. I, can I
0: Can I interject here?
1: Mm-hmm. I just find
0: it funny that uh, these Philistines who have their own belief system, have their own gods and everything, make the claim that nothing like this has ever happened before. What about their own gods? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not sure what exactly is the, the sense here. It, uh, you have the, this, nothing like this has happened before in
0: maybe against them in.
1: Yeah. Maybe for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, in Deuteronomy four, you know, nothing like this has happened before that a God has gone from, has take, gone to take a people from within the midst of another people and, you know, with signs and whatever. Um, but, uh, It is interesting, you have in the book of Joshua stories of, or accounts of Canaanites who recognize the God of Israel and they have some reaction to it, whether it's Rahab and saying, I'm going to be loyal to the God of Israel, or the Gibeonites who, who lie about where they're from and then make a covenant with the Israelites so that they don't get slaughtered, but... The Philistine reaction is, it's not, hmm, maybe we should make peace with these people, or maybe we should make peace with this God. It's, we're just going to have to to dig deep and try, try you know, put on our big boy pants here. Kind of the, <laughs> right? You know you think? So be men and fight, right? So if we're going to maintain this people as our slaves, we're going to have to fight hard against their against their gods, is what they're saying. Yeah. And then... What happens though? What happens? Well,
0: the again, the assumption is that, oh, we brought the ark, so we're going to be victorious. Going to be fine. And then verse 10,
1: 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell and the ark of God was taken and the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were were killed. And then we have this really um sad story of uh a man of Benjamin running from the battle line to Shiloh that same day and tells Eli who's anxious. Now it's interesting. It says in verse 13, his heart was anxious as he was waiting and watching for news of the battle, not anxious about his sons, but anxious about Mm. the ark of God. And maybe that has to do with the fact that he sort of resigned to what is going to happen to his sons from the prediction. And that's also a sad, you could unpack that a little bit about what he knows he doesn't try to dissuade his sons from you know and get get them to repent he's just sort of resigned to the fact that they're going to they're going to die for their sins um they're, for abusing their position of leadership but he's more anxious about the ark of god and then he hears the news and his sons are dead and uh, when the ark of god is mentioned in verse 13 uh, 18 it says he fell off the seat backward and his neck was broken and he died and then uh, Phineas' wife, who is pregnant, she she dies in childbirth, but uh, gives birth to a son. And as she's dying, she names him Ichabod. Um, the glory has departed, or you know, where where is the glory? There's no glory. Um, and doesn't even say because my father, because my father-in-law and my husband are dead, but because the ark of God has been taken. So that one day, that poor the boy is born, born an orphan. And um the presence of God has apparently gone from from Israel, so so yeah, dude, you you said this was tragic, yeah and funny. <laughs> where where's the comedy? I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's coming, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, so <laughs> so that brings us to chapter five, chapter five. All yeah. right, so uh let's see. it's just easier to read um well, so the philistines. Uh, take the Ark, and they bring it to one of their cities, Ashdod. So there's five Philistine cities, uh, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Ekron, uh, Gaza, and um, Gath, right? And so it's in one of these cities, and they put it, the Ark in the house of Dagon, their their god. And um, when they wake up the next morning, Dagon's statue has fallen down, bowing down before <laughs> the Ark of the Lord. And they're like, ooh, this is not... That, like
0: wait a minute we made this god it's not supposed to move <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: okay. yeah that's interesting that they don't yeah um and you know so see uh, i don't know what order these are going to be released in but see our last conversation about yeah. uh, images and how images work but this is definitely not a posture for a god that is a uh, thought of as representing the deity if he's bowing before the ark of the lord um that's that means that Dagon is bowing to Yahweh right to the Lord. And in, incidentally, um, the ark this is an interesting thing that the ark is supposed to represent not, not God, but it's supposed to be the footstool or the throne of God. Yeah. It's the, not the, the image itself is not, it's not an image of God, but it's like an empty space. They actually have a term, they actually call it empty space and iconism in the literature, which is that it's a, it, a religion that doesn't worship a God that has an image that represents its god with an image. But there is like an empty space for the image or for, for the god implied. So it's as if Yahweh is standing on the back or or sitting enthroned with his feet resting on the back of the cherubim that are on the, yeah. the box, the ark box. Anyway, so then the next day, after they put Dagon back back up, then he falls down. He's fallen down again. And this time his head and the both both of the palms of his hands were cut off and they're on the threshold of the uh, holy of holies. And so this is why it says the priests of Dagon or anyone who enters Dagon's house, um, they jump over the threshold. So they don't, they don't walk on the transition strip. Um, Hmm. we have a transition strip in our house that has a little bit of a, you know, crooked. So I don't like to step on it. (laughs) Not because I'm a Philistine. Um,
0: I actually had to make one because the cats would get stuck in the kid's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And they tore up the carpet to the point where to open the door, you'd have to like really force it open. Yeah. So we're starting to do that, but then it's the door started coming off the hinges. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we got to figure out what to do here. So all the thresholds that you find at the store they were too skinny, so I may I had to make one that was wider so it would cover over the carpet and down onto the floor and still be even that we're not tripping over it.
1: I have (laughs) to might have to ask you to help me because i got a <laughs> one transition from from the carpet in our music room to the bathroom that yeah needs, they need a longer one anyway yeah <laughs> so but we're not philistines even though i don't step on the transition strip okay so then what else happens this is not the end of the misfortune for the philistines um verse uh verse six Now, the hand of Yahweh was heavy on the Ashdodites, and he made them feel devastated and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territories. And then the men of Ashdod saw that this was so, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, because his hand is severe on us and on Dagon, our God. So then they send him to Gath, and then the wrath of the Lord is bad against Gath, and there's tumors. And interestingly, the word tumor, we're not exactly sure what this means. Um, most translations will say tumors, but the Septuagint, um, which may be in you know correct interpretation, but maybe not of, of this word, it kind of implies that it's like it, it says the the seat. Like, so that's where the understanding <laughs> of this as a hemorrhoid uh, comes into. So some older <laughs> translations will refer to them as hemorrhoids. Either way, I think that the, there is an abscess. <laughs> there was not, not a pleasant time for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for these Philistines, wherever they bring the ark. And then they send it to Ekron and they're like, no, 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 don't, don't let that thing get near us. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, and there's also a, a reference in, in chapter six as well, that, that God sent mice uh, among them, mice to kill their, or to, to eat their crops and, and their grain stores, so things are not things are not good. Um, so then, what do they? What do they do? Uh, verse uh, chapter six, they call their priests and their diviners, which is an interesting thing. Then that they they're listening to what these foreign priests and and diviners are saying, kind of like uh, the Moabites summoning Balaam from the east yeah. in Numbers. 22 and through, through 24. That's and
0: another he, humorous one. That is really funny. Yes. I, I always wanted to see a parody uh, with Shrek and Donkey. <laughs> with, with Balaam and the Donkey. <laughs> that, that'd be hilarious.
1: <laughs> There's always... These stories are where, where people are trying to... They're getting involved in spiritual matters and in touch with spiritual beings that are beyond their control or they think that they're going to ma- manipulate them. Yeah. And it never ends up... Yeah. What turning out well for them? Yeah, you know, ba- Balaam almost, you know, he's he seems to be contacting Yahweh, but he also seems to have access to other spiritual beings as well, and doesn't, you know, he's an ambiguous figure in the Book of yeah. Numbers. But here you've got these diviners, these Philistine diviners, saying, you know, what you know, what what should we do? Or they asked, what what shall we do? Like you, you must send the Ark of the God of Israel away. This is chapter six, verse three, but do not send it away empty. You shall certainly, certainly return to him a guilt offering, and then you will be healed and it will be revealed to you why his hand does not leave you. So they're saying, well, this might work, or at least you'll know why, um, why he's, his hand is upon you. And, uh, what is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? And they said, five gold tumors or hemorrhoids (laughs) and five gold mice corresponding to the number of the governors of the Philistines. So question for you, Dom. Oh, gosh. (laughs) How would you make a gold tumor? Uh, Yeah. um,
0: Hey, you know, just whatever kind of shape it comes out, I guess. (laughs)
1: Let's say you're in Gaff. And you have uh, access to, there's a thriving goldsmith industry there. And you're looking on Philistine Philistine Yelp. And you have the option to go with the top goldsmith in town. But you can also save some money and go with the cut rate (laughs) goldsmith. Which one would you assign to do the gold gold mouse? And which one would you you decide to do the gold
0: Maybe I'd split them up. Because I assume, like, hey, you know what, I need a model. <laughs> 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 what does this look like? <laughs> All right, let me lift up my shirt and <laughs> you get one glance and then I'm done <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: Oh because oh, you know so you know when you're, uh, when, you're, when your kid comes home from school having done the pottery class, <laughs> and uh, you're like, "Oh honey, it's beautiful. What is it?" You know, yeah it's yep. a gold hemorrhoid i just can't believe you don't recognize
0: it <laughs> i was wondering why i had to sign this paper before you took this <laughs> class <laughs> but yeah can you imagine that like okay how are they going to know this is what that is <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah
1: do they send a note you know yeah, a yeah. Note in philistine or in uh in Proto Hebrew, right? <laughs>
0: five different languages. Yeah. to represent. <laughs> yes,
1: this is a this is a gold tumor <laughs> or a golden hemorrhoid. So, um, so so five gold tumors and five gold mice. course. Well, verse five whatever.
0: make models of the tumors. Yes. You know, so yeah. So <laughs> they, they had to have it represent something, something,
1: <laughs> something close to what they're uh, what they're experiencing. So. Um. So then, but it's interesting. Verse six. Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he dealt severely with them? Did they not let the people go, and they left? So the memory of, you know, the awareness among the Philistines of what happened in the Exodus story is is there, and you wonder why didn't they, why didn't they take this more? measured approach or more, more humble approach from the beginning when they were, you know, presuming to enslave the Egyptians right? Yeah. or the, the the Hebrews, right? Cause they're they're saying like, we don't have, we're not going to have slaves anymore if we don't fight them and defeat them. Well, look what happened to the last people that tried to enslave them. Yeah, So yeah. that didn't turn out well, but uh, you know, so, so in a sense you could say they're softening their hearts. Um, and these, it's almost like these priests and diviners are, um, there are saying the kinds of things that Moses said to Pharaoh, like, yeah. "Why are you hardening your heart?" You know, and, it's like um, they're
0: they're realizing. Yeah. It seems
1: like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so they're responding in in repentance, in a sense, or with a, at least some sort of guilt offering. So you have these people who are separate from God's people and God's the opponents of God's people. I mean, they're they're un are uncircumcised philistines for crying out loud <laughs> and yet they they understand and they are at least softening their hearts uh, in some measure and so how do they then send the ark back well verse eight um take these are still the instructions from the diviners take the ark of yahweh and place it on the cart and put the articles of gold in which you return which you return to him as a guilt offering in a saddlebag by its side and then send it away that it may go. But watch, if it goes up by the way of its own territory to Beth Shemesh, then it has done, it has done this great evil to us. But if not, we will know that it was by not by his hand that, that struck us. It, it happened to us by chance. Oh, and I missed the part that they were supposed to put two cows that, have, that are nursing calves as the, the cows <laughs> that are pulling the cart. So That's they'll important. know that is important because <laughs> the cows would... Not yeah. be inclined to leave their calves unless they were propelled yep. by um, by some other divine force to take this Ark back to Beth Shemesh. So they did so and the cows went straight in the direction of Beth Shemesh and they did not turn to the right nor to the left. Which um, is
0: also pretty interesting. Yeah, even the, yeah.
1: Even the cows <laughs> didn't turn, ne- they go exactly where God tells them turning neither to the right nor to the left. Yep. So, so far in the story, the cows have uh, done better ethically than the humans. (laughs) The Philistines have repented better than the Israelites. And, um, you know, not saying it was perfect, but uh, okay. And then what are the, how are the cows rewarded for their obedience? Um, They bring the cart back to the Israelites and there's the ark there. And so they... They offered the cows as a burnt offering to Yahweh. They go through all that good work. Job, good job, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Um, and then they put them on the sacred stone, and the people of Beth Shemesh offered offerings and offered sacrifices that day. Um, and uh so that is how the Philistines returned the ark. And one kind of obviously then the there is more that happens uh, in chapter seven, um, where Samuel, Samuel then takes leadership of all Israel and, um, encourages them to repent. And then they go to war against the Philistines. And that's when you get Ebenezer, the stone of help. But, uh, at the end of, we don't have to talk about that today, but at the end of chapter six, um, I think this is, I just think this is ridiculous and hilarious. Again, tragic hilarious, that (laughs) the Lord fatally struck some of the men of Beth Shemesh because they looked into the Ark of Yahweh. Um, Now, and then it says he struck... Verse 19, right? Yeah, verse 19. He struck some number of men among the people, and the people mourned because Yahweh had struck the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before Yahweh, this holy God? And to whom will he go up from us? Um, So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath Jearim, Saying the Philistines have brought back the Ark of Yahweh, so come down and take it up to yourselves. Now the number of men there—literally, it could say fifty thousand and seventy—but um, other there's the, the text is, is a little bit um, messed up there, so that it could just be as seventy. Um, fifty thousand and seventy is probably more men than there were in that whole town. So <laughs> seventy—the the numbers yeah. in Samuel—that's more a of little a city yeah a big yeah. city too yeah 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 there's some text critical issues with with samuel especially with respect to numbers but i always think even if it's just 70 that is uh 69 more men than should have died from looking into the ark because it's like <laughs> you think after the first guy was tried to look in the ark and his face melted like in yeah like, like in, in raiders like, Ra- Vig- of the Indiana jones yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like well let's not try that again so but um even the that, people. It's
0: like uh, when uh, someone tastes something and they're like, oh, this is gross. Try this. Yeah, try <laughs> oh, I'm convinced. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, this is gross. Yeah. Hey, look yeah. at this. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Or watching your kid do something that you, know, you get walloped. It gets hurt. <laughs> they're like, Let me try that again. Maybe it'll. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. So, but even so, at the end of the story, they're like, We don't want the Lord with us because His presence is could be fatal, and it's like, well, it's only fatal if you treat it with disrespect, as they have through this whole story, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's again the and then the Israelites look like, uh, you know, buffoons here or careless, and they're like, we don't. He's the Lord has come back to us in the form of this this Ark, but we don't really want him here. So take, hey, you guys, Kiriath take, Je'erim, take him. Take, take it to yourselves. And then it's there until uh, David brings it up in 2 Samuel 6.
0: And that's the infamous dance too, right?
1: Yes, where yeah. David dances before the Lord. And uh, the, their first try, he brings it with a cart, but not with the, uh, the Levites carrying it. And that's when Uzzah gets, gets killed. Yeah, because he touches it when they calf stumble, but that's the story it's, for another time.
0: Yeah, it, well, it, real quick though, it's like not much has changed. Yeah, there's a consistency yeah. there with with God. Like, it, yeah,
1: there's a yeah, there's a he he wants us to have reverence for his for his glory and take his take his holy things seriously, not because he's some sort of you know, I don't know, he's not. He's not, he's not going to be trifled with. Yeah, he's, he's not, not
0: some whimsical idea. Yeah, you know it's
1: yeah. right. You know, everybody quotes Lewis in the *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*. You know, he's yeah, uh, yep. He's not a tame lion, you know, but he's good. Yeah. But he's also not a tame lion. So yeah. and he cares how he's worshipped. Yeah, and um, so I mean, this story. You know, as we you know think about what what are some of the implications here, I think you know, you can see why I'd be interested in this uh, in the <laughs> level because it's, uh, it's got this, the use of images here and how um, the Israelites are trying to manipulate God using images and the Philistines are also trying to manipulate God, but at least they're a little bit more responsive and, um, but it's, it's just a reminder of how, you know, we, we do this, we, we try to, we try to we interact with god in ways that give evidence that we're not we're not concerned about what he what he wants and what his yeah his his glory his holiness which is then good for us if we were to yeah to think about to care about those things then that would actually be good for us but we think we know better and so we're yeah. going to try to grab the ark and stick it where we think it should be so that he'll make us successful and god's not going to be Jerked around like that. Yeah.
0: And I think another aspect that we, uh, f- that really falls flat on its face is when we assume that we can focus on that one aspect of, of Yahweh. Like for mm-hmm. them, it was, hey, he's, he's uh, brought victory in war before, so mm-hmm. let's do that again. Yeah. You know, so that, that was their attempt and it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like that's the same kind of thing that we do. In uh, as as believers, we we get that one image or two images of what Jesus is mm-hmm. and who he is, and we fixate on those, and that's it.
1: Yeah. You know, or, like, or it, the way it's was... the
0: convenience of it. You know, that's it, yeah. this is what I want. I want that emotional high. I want that experience, you know? Yeah. And if that's the only thing we're focusing on, then we're really not going in too great into depth as to who Christ is and being able to develop that relationship that we have with him. Yeah. Because if, if uh, we're, we're not, like for example, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago that uh, the episode that Danielle and I did about the resurrection, we don't know the absolute value of what that means unless we look at our total depravity. Mm, like yeah. if we don't know the extent of our sins, we don't know how much value That resurrection really is and how powerful it really is. And, uh, but we don't like to focus on that. We just, let's just focus on the love of God. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And uh, we we miss out on so much by doing, I mean, yeah, focus on that, but don't just focus on the parts that we like.
1: Yeah. We diminish the love of God by missing out on, or by missing how unlovely we are. Yeah. So his love is that much greater. And that's a, I was going to say that the thing that comes to mind is um, uh, a, a technical or topical solution to a systemic problem. Mm. People want to put a bandaid on something or be like, well, we're, we didn't succeed here. So what's the solution? Let's take the ark and stick it over here. And yeah, God will. And yet too often our, so often there's, there's deeper problems, right? So that's, yeah, and it, it that creates with the love piece yeah. that you were just saying that if we don't, we don't, we have to understand the depth of how, how unlovely we are, yeah. how undeserving of God's love we are in order to fully appreciate how his love is the, yeah. is, is the solution.
0: It creates uh, room for disobedience. Yeah. Cause like if they just obeyed God, they wouldn't have gone through that whole episode. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's uh a, it's both sad and yet I I think as we think overall, there's so many of these fun stories or you know stories that have humor in in Judges, Samuel, and Kings. Yeah, and, and you know numbers and and as we we sit back and you know we've had some, of course, we've had some fun with uh, <laughs> some of these things, <laughs> and there's some absurdity to it.
0: There, there needs to be some artistic taste, <laughs>
1: yes, but. But, you know, it's really that, that kind of, I think for the reader, that, that lightens us up a bit, lo- loosens us up, and then we're actually able to see, oh, yeah, we do things that are just as absurd as yeah. trying to manipulate God with, with this. We do things that are just as ridiculous as yeah. making gold mice and gold tumors <laughs> or hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am not looking anything up on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And I encourage you also, all your listeners, don't look up what hemorrhoids look like. We're not gonna search for art uh clip for this. Golden hemorrhoids for this
1: episode (laughs) for this episode page. Yeah, do not search for golden hemorrhoids. (laughs) That that should be the title right there.
0: Yeah. I probably won't, but (laughs) 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 all right. So yeah, I mean, it's a shorter episode, but I think that that's something that we can really uh, think about for the rest of the week that, uh, you know, what, what kind of things are we trying to accomplish? Are we really trying to manipulate God? Or are we trying to avoid being obedient mm-hmm. uh, in doing these kinds of, of things? So uh, read chapters uh, of 1 Samuel 1 Samuel chapters, what was it, six? 4, Four five, five, and 5, and 6, six yeah. yeah.
1: And don't forget to read chapter seven where actually good stuff happens. So yeah, God yeah. responds to his people when they when they repent and turn to him with all their hearts and remove the foreign gods uh, from among them and direct their hearts to Yahweh and serve him alone. Yeah. So that's what it says in chapter seven, verse three. So again, at
0: the end of this episode, uh, if you have any comments, questions, and or <clears throat> concerns, you can email us at contact at onefear.net check us out on Facebook and Instagram if Danielle's still doing stuff on Instagram with that <laughs> I think she does yeah uh, and Ben you're at uh, thinkhardthinkwell.com
1: think yeah. thinkhardthinkwell.com
0: yeah. and those things will are obviously going to be in the, uh, the info of the episode uh, but if uh, you don't want to go all the way into the info and you just want to type all those letters <laughs> There you have it. Uh, so, thanks for listening, and thanks again, Ben, for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for having. You're me. one of our our regulars, so you're you're one of us. <laughs> Sorry, you <they> are now. <laughs> now. I'm stuck <laughs> at this point. You are, yeah. Uh, so, thanks for listening, and per the the usual, live such good lives.